0: Philips is focused on innovation to improve the health and well-being of people. Our devices and device-agnostic informatics solutions can scale across your enterprise to help care teams diagnose, treat, and manage patients with accuracy, speed, and confidence. By connecting the digital patient story, physicians and clinicians have intelligence for decision making in the moment and insight to see beyond. It's our privilege to partner with you to care for the carers and to improve the lives of the people and patients they serve. Phillips, innovation and you. Hello, I am with Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm with James Forrester. James, to get us started, can you share a bit about yourself and your role in organization?
1: Yes, so I'm uh, James Forster, I'm the Chief Technology Officer CIO at the University of Rochester Medical Center and U of R Medicine, where I co-lead the health IT department with my colleague, uh, Dr. Lisa Nelson, who's the Chief Application Officer CIO. And um, the URMC is an academic medical center in Western New York and uh, U of R- UR Medicine is our integrated delivery network. We're about 5.4 billion in annual revenue on the health system side with 250 million in annual research funding. About 2,000 faculty, just over 2,000 faculty in our medical faculty group, and um, uh, over a thousand advanced practice providers, 3,000 researchers, about 3 million annual ambulatory visits. So,
0: awesome. Well, thank you so much. When you think of digital innovation and in healthcare right now, what excites you the most, and why?
1: Yeah. So you know, it, it's getting to be a little cliche, but the thing that excites me most right now is generative AI. So generative ai really has potential to be an accelerator of transformation and and to reduce costs in healthcare through the acceleration of technical development uh technology development and you know it it could put us in in the healthcare um you know healthcare businesses in in stronger negotiating position with our vendors and um both from a cost as well as uh the roadmap, the development roadmap. And so um, it, it's really important to get those subscription costs down. You know, what the vendors are doing and with the subscription costs right now simply are not sustainable. So um, health systems coming together to for public good to harness generative AI for our needs is a, a real potential to level the negotiating field. And, you know, the thing is, um, the technology comes with significant benefits, but it also comes with significant risks. So I think that that risk is obvious to a lot of us in the technology field, but to really leverage the benefits in, in generative AI, we need to, you know, employ enterprise risk frameworks that that take address things such as data privacy, copyright infringement, bias in AI tools, as well as over potential over reliance on those tools.
0: Definitely, and I that's really interesting perspective. Um, at your organization, what are some of your top priorities for technology? What big issues are you trying to solve?
1: Yeah, so. To begin with, you know the the top priorities for technology are the top priorities for the business. And so the big issues that we're trying to solve with technology are the big issues that we're trying to solve in our health system and academic medical center. And not surprisingly, those challenges for University of Rochester Medical Center and UR Medicine are similar to our peers across the country. I personally think the big four buckets are uh, healthcare digital transformation. So that's really focused on our external customers, our patients. Another area would be the customer experience, which focuses internally on our our internal customers, like our faculty, staff, care team, researchers. So really enabling that digital workplace to decrease friction in the environment and increase efficiency of our staff. A Third area continues to be harnessing data for uh, information-driven decision-making and to support research. We have a large research mission, which is completely dependent on data. And, you know, this is a challenge in healthcare across the board. And finally, fourth, I think ever present on every board's mind across this country and in every health system is cybersecurity and cyber resiliency. So I think also I would just note that a large proportion of IT investment goes to maintaining current business capabilities and only about a fifth of every dollar goes to creating new business capabilities or growing those capabilities. And I think As we think about those four areas of focus, also thinking about how we balance the IT portfolio and the IT spend. Uh, And that's one thing to think about is how much of our investment is going for new capabilities versus maintaining our current capabilities.
0: Definitely, definitely. What is one piece of advice you'd give to healthcare leaders today regarding digital innovation?
1: Yeah, so my, my one piece of advice that I give in Uh, is that everything in the digital innovation space should be centered around strategy. So start by naming a strong, accountable chief health transformation officer or the equivalent who has a long-term strategic vision and who's able to work collaboratively with informatics, technology leaders, business leaders, to to transform that vision into an executable strategic roadmap, review and update that strategy on a regular basis with executive leadership, And don't be swayed by strong sales pitches or even legitimate business cases that come in that are not part of that strategy. Uh, You know, there's an infinite number of ideas, but there's a very finite number of resources to invest in in the digital technology portfolio.
0: Yeah, definitely, that's interesting. Um, Could you, and great advice, could you provide some examples of specific instances where the integration of informatics solutions led to improved patient outcomes or enhanced patient provider communication?
1: Yes, absolutely. So the most dramatic example that I've seen of this, where the integration of uh, our informatics teams and informatics-driven solutions led to improved patient outcomes and enhanced patient-provider communication, is our social determinants of health program, which we uh, name Health Equities and Anti-Racism and Technology or the Heart Program. So when we set out to address social determinants of health a few years ago we knew that we essentially had no determinants on health data in our EMR. Uh, We also knew that our demographic data was was bad data. It was very skewed compared to the regional census data. So this program that I just mentioned, led by our chief nursing informatics officer, Dr. Rosemary Ventura, and our chief medical informatics officer, Dr. Greg Nickandry, in partnership with our clinical delivery process improvement team, really focused on collecting data, visualizing that data, and then using that visualization to connect patients to support programs. So, you know, we set a target to uh, obtain data on 25% of our 750,000 active patients. And for fiscal 23, we exceeded that for all three categories of food, housing, and transportation. Uh, On the inpatient side, we screened over 50% 50% of our inpatient encounters for social determinants of health in four out of our six hospitals, which exceeded our goal. And, you know, collecting um, that accurate data combined with an import of the 211 directory directly into Epic enabled our care, enables our caregivers to refer our patients to meaningful uh, programs and empowers our care teams to get our patients the help that they need.
0: That sounds like some really incredible work and a really awesome program. Five years from now, what do you think will be the most significant change in healthcare delivery and operations? How can leaders prepare?
1: So I think there's going to be a a decreased focus on inpatient care with transition to ambulatory and outpatient care settings, uh, including some of the traditional monitoring that has happened in the inpatient setting, moving out to the uh, outpatient and even, you know, even the home. Um, and so there'll be a narrower focus on high acuity complex care in the inpatient setting. So um there'll also be continued focus on preventative care and early intervention versus reactionary treatment, which is just too costly and, and part of the reason the health system is so costly in this country. So um, you know, we should be looking as technology leaders for technologies that can support those major transitions in the care delivery model. So a couple of things, for example, um, one is you know early identification of emerging value cases uh, of technology that can support that, such as five G. You know, so five G trans, you know, going from the inpatient setting right to to home with a patient, and then um, a continued strong focus on data interoperability and advanced analytics platforms.
0: Absolutely, James. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Is there anything else our listeners should know?
1: You know, I would I would leave you with this. There, there's no longer a single role that can be accountable for all of digital health. Traditionally, we've thought of that role as the CIO, uh, but we're now seeing emergence of additional responsibilities for the CIO and, and CNIO and CMIO, as well as new roles in digital health, like the chief digital health uh, uh, officer or the chief transformation officer. As I answered a few minutes ago about innovation. you know, Dr. Michael Hasselberg is a key partner in that role at the university. And, you know, it takes an executive team approach uh, that includes clinical operations and business operations, but it's a distribution of responsibilities that historically have been held hierarchical. And and I think that leading digital healthcare requires strong leaders that can work collaboratively as a team today.
0: Awesome. James, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Right. Can't wait to uh, touch base again.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.